<sighs> what are two beautiful, hot, smart, funny, fully vaccinated queens to do? But go back to the movies, baby. This month on the Girls Who Cried Be Horror, we're talking about demons. <laughs> The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. Hi, creeps. Welcome to another episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. I am Anya. And I'm Alex. Yay. Yippee. We're vaccinated. We are are fully vaccinated. Oh my God. Yeah, this is the first episode we've recorded since being fully vaccinated. Technically, I have like six more days before my body is like good to go, but... Mm-hmm. I got that shot. I did that sickness. I'm ready. Yeah, my two-week mark was this Wednesday. So I feel <gasps> oh those God. antibodies surging through me. <laughs> Incredible. I'm so excited. The world is opening up to us again, finally. Yes, but um, I have, as I mean, aside from us doing a movie that's about movie theaters for mm-hmm. this month, I have been back to the movies now twice. Um I saw Spiral, which obviously you guys know at this point because our Spiral mini-sode was released mm-hmm. with Roberto, and I saw um, like an anniversary screening of Top Gun in a Dolby theater, and that shit blew my eardrums out. Wow. And you did that in the same week, right? Yes, I did. Like wow. two days apart. Look at you. And now I have I have plans. I mean, by the time this comes out, I'll already have done them, but I have plans to see A Quiet Place Part 2 with Friend of the Pod, Trevor, from the Old Kids movie. Oh, that's fun. When are you doing that? Um, when we're recording this, I'm doing it a week from yesterday. That's exciting. I'm really excited because my job has this amazing policy that I'm obsessed with called Summer Fridays, where every Friday between Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend, they let us leave at one. I mean, I'm working from home, so, you know, mm-hmm. leave, aka I can shut my fucking laptop. Um, right. <laughs> so I'm, especially now that all the businesses in Massachusetts are starting to reopen fully as of next week i'm gonna have my fridays off at one i'm just gonna go right down to my fucking local amc and watch one to two movies every friday Mm -hmm. because it's been fucking what 14 months i want i want my movies back i'm so excited oh i can't wait i know i'm it's like it's weird because you're in that weird in between and people Mm -hmm. that have started going back to the movies hopefully only if you're fully vaccinated folks come on creeps we expect the best from you um you might have noticed that it feels like it's that weird, like, limbo where obviously movies are just starting to open again and being like, okay, so people can come back. We can open. People are getting vaccinated. So there's, like, not a lot showing right now. Yeah. Or, like, if it is, it's, like, shit that you already watched on HBO Max or whatever. Um, but another quick tangent before we jump into things, guys. If um, you guys listened to our uh, behind the Mask Rise of Leslie Vernon episode. I actually have some fun insight for you guys that you might be interested in. So I had the opportunity to read a uh, draft of the script recently, um, early draft, because it's not what we saw on the screen. Um, and I think you might be interested to know some of the changes, big changes, I mean, I'm not going to go like fucking scene by scene, from that draft of the script and what we ended up with. Um, those being that one, the documentarian is not a woman 
um, it is a man and he doesn't play the significant role that she plays obviously because spoiler if you haven't watched the movie um, the whole twist being that she is actually the final girl the whole time that doesn't happen um, and the movie actually in the script that I read cuts off right as Leslie like goes out of the attic to kill the first teens in his plan and then it like literally just goes to like news footage of like yeah he like did the plan and then like he was killed but then he came back the next year and blah 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 um, but the two bigger things than that are that Freddie, Michael, and Jason were written into the script in honestly like very big roles. Like they're like friends with Leslie and like his like older ex, you know, murderer friend. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like a poker night. They play pickup basketball. <laughs> they throw Leslie a surprise party like after he gets his Ahab or something. Like. And they're just in there the whole time kind of just giving you the, like, they don't like real-life serial killers like Ted Bundy. Like, they think they're fucking hacks. Um, And then the other thing is that Leslie has a drug abuse issue, which is, like, a strange dark turn that it takes in the script version that I read because they talk about how these, like, famous horror icon killers use, like, performance-enhancing drugs early in their career, right, to, like, get on the map, but then, like, they can become addicted to them. Um, so literally, like, they, like, fuck, Freddy Krueger has to get him from a goddamn bathroom stall, like, shooting up heroin or some shit. Um, it's a lot. Um, <laughs> it's very different. But I will say, it's very interesting, the changes. I am personally happy with the changes that were then made and what we got in the end. But also an interesting thing to bring up because obviously if you listen to our episode, you know that Alex was not too happy about Robert Englund um, being in a movie in which Freddy Krueger was referenced as being a real person. So it would be interesting to see if the version that I read had been made. Would Robert then come and play Freddy and no. who else would play Ahab? I have like theories. This is all bullshit. I'm coming up my ass. But maybe uh-huh. he had like already signed on and then they were like, uh-huh. we don't have, we can't get the fucking rights to these characters because, you know, first X, Y, and Z. And so he just did that character instead. But that's like a massive rewrite in general for that entire script. But I think that makes a for lot the of best. sense, though. I, it makes because me less mad about Kane the Hodder's fact. Kane Hodder's in it, too, for like a two, for two seconds. You're right. Now. That's true. And it, it makes me a lot less angry about, because I remember I brought up in the episode that like, I thought it was kind of stupid that his friend was like nobody that we knew i was like why wouldn't you just make it like a character from like black christmas or something that like i could reference but it makes sense if he was supposed to be just like one of many characters and you were supposed to have the big names otherwise like it makes more sense it makes me a little less like annoyed that it didn't it feels less like a cheat i guess than it did when i watched it fun thanks for the input love it you're welcome Um, but to move on from all of that, it's time to get into what we really fucking came to talk about today, which is Boils and Ghouls, um, the 1985 Italian horror film Demons or Demone, directed by Lamberto Bava. Um, Alex, would mm-hmm. you like to give us a brief synopsis? Well, actually, pause. Um, for those of you who want to watch, as always, it's available on Shudder. And it's available on a site called Popcorn Flick with ads, I believe. I don't know if it's available anywhere else. Um, feel free to look, but Shutter and Popcorn Flicks with ads. Um, Popcorn so Flicks. That's a new one. Give us some some insight of what this movie's about. So, Demons is a... See, I will say just right off the bat that I don't know off the top of my head any of these characters' names. So I will be referencing the IMDb page 
uh, if necessary. Because, They're literally not important. Yeah, because <laughs> this film is not really about the characters. It's more about just, like, no. the practical effects and the fucking, like, rampage that everyone is on. Um, so essentially, the basic plot of this film is it centers around these two friends, mostly, I guess, who get tickets to a surprise secret uh, film release at this theater that they've never heard of. Um, this man is in the train station. He has like a half metallic mask covering his face. And he's just handing out these like golden tickets to people um, for like a premiere. And so she he kind of freaks out the main character who takes a ticket and is like, oh, okay, like that sounds fun. Let's go to this movie. So her and her friend go and they go to this movie theater that they'd never heard of before. They don't know what the film is. And um, there is a like prop in the center of the auditorium, which is a sim- it's like similar to the mask the man was wearing, but it's a full mask. And this one woman puts it on and gets a cut on her face that she thinks kind of nothing of. And then we go into the theater. Everyone is watching the film. It's a horror movie about people who put on this mask and these demons come and like take over their body. And essentially that's what happens in the theater. The movie that's playing on screen starts to play out with the audience. We we meet a lot of different people who are in the audience. We have um, an older blind man and his daughter. We have a pimp and his two sex workers that he's with. Uh, We have two dudes who like wanna fucking like get with the two main girls. A lot of different characters. And the, the girl who had put the mask on becomes a demon. And then, you know, she attacks people, more people become demons. It's very, like, zombie-esque where the infection passes and they have to hole up and try to, you know, protect themselves in this theater that they can't seem to escape from while the demons are coming for them. There's also a side plot with three guys and a girl who are just, all they want to do is do coke in their car and they somehow get involved uh, for almost no reason. Um, But essentially, yeah, it's just a fun movie about, you know, people stuck in a theater fighting these demons who have green pus and blood pouring out of every crevice of their body and it's just like full of practical effects it's gnarly as hell it's disgusting it's fun um yeah that's pretty i mean if you've seen an italian film italian horror film like yeah their practical effects one thing are i will say for italian ugh. horror yeah is they they, they go, go hard. all the fuck out uh-huh. they're gonna if you want gore you want like in your face or just like w- literally what yeah watch italian horror i i personally and i haven't seen a lot of them so i won't go i won't fully stand by this statement but i from what i've seen i'm not a huge fan of giallos mm-hmm. um but this is not a giallo, first no. and foremost. Um, and, yeah, regardless of how I feel about that subgenre, all of them deliver with the crazy fucking gore shit. Yeah, I feel like Italian um, horror really focuses on, like, atmosphere and tone and yes. just, like, the aesthetic of it. And so when it's horror, they're like, oh, the aesthetic is absolutely disgusting pus. Cool. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Mm. Um... But yeah, that is demons. Um, so now y'all know it's time for me to give you a little scoop. A little four one. Feed me. Um, okay, so there is, the last bit of information I'm gonna get is a little bit convoluted, so y'all gonna have to follow me here, but I'll start with the other stuff first. Okay. Hold on. So, as I said, this film was directed by Lamberto Bava, um, who was brought on to do the film because of his expertise in special effects work. Um, there's a lot of hands 
in this film. Um, a lot of writers specifically um, from, uh, oh my God, why can I not think of his name? Dario Argento, mm-hmm. Lamberto. Um, but Dardano, you're going to have to forgive me, you guys, if I fucking mispronounce these Italian names. Dardano Sacchetti, um, he was the writer who came up with the idea. So it's just like, this guy had the idea, but then this guy put in this part, and this guy put in this part, and blah, blah, blah. I think it was said that um, Dario Argento said that his contribution to the story was, like, what it was saying about, like, censorship at the times. How, like, people were saying that, like, oh, what people see in the horror movies, they're going to, like, do violence in real life. Which is also why there's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, heavy metal punk music scoring the film because like that kind of went hand in hand with how people were like treating horror as like oh it's gonna like influence the youth to do what the fuck ever um but yeah so a, a lot going on here which a lot of times what I find when I see a movie and it's like six writers it's always like the worst movie you've ever seen oh like, yeah you get to the end and you're like you're like who the fuck is responsible for this and then you see like writers like seven as always like white dudes and you're like no, it took seven of you collectively to put this light bulb in and the shit still wouldn't turn on. Make it make sense. Um, but this is a rare occasion where I'm like, listen, as Alex said, this movie is not about character development. Don't get it twisted. Um, regardless, and usually that shit is like, I'm already like, don't care then. If you didn't fucking bother to give me an actual story, I don't care. This is an exception. This movie is baller as fuck. And I applaud each one of these fucking writers for giving it to us. Um, I digress. Um, but Lamberto Baba is um, actually the son of the famous horror director um, Mario Baba, mm-hmm. who directed such films as Black Sunday, Blood and Black Lace, Bay of Blood, Black Sabbath. Um, a lot of, once again, like mm-hmm. Italian horror that horror fans would be familiar with. So the theater that they shot it at, the Metropole Theater, um, I believe was torn down right after this movie concluded its filming, which stinks because it's like people that then go to try to like see this theater Mm -hmm. of where this like iconic movie was made can't because it's torn down. But I guess it is like go out with a bang, go out with like this epic fucking movie. Was it a movie theater that was in business for a long time and then like was closing so they shot it there? I... The history of it, I didn't write it all down, but, like, it was, like, multiple things. At one point, it was, like, a disco club and Ooh. shit like that. Yeah. Um, but I think whatever it was at the time, it was just, like, I don't even remember what the hell was the reason, but I more so just was, like, oh, that kind of, like, it stinks that it's not there anymore, but also it's kind of, like, low-key iconic that it's, like, we're going to make this epic fucking horror movie <laughs> and then tear that shit down. Hell yeah. Um... In this movie, as I was also brought up, the introduced at one point in the plot is a group of, like, coke fiends in a car, um, punk rockers, that mm-hmm. serves nothing to the plot, but who gives a shit? Yeah, the whole time um, you're like, these people are gonna, they're gonna tie into this plot and they're gonna save the day, and then they, like, they enter the theater and you're like, oh my god, here we go, they're gonna fucking, like, sh- fuck shit up. No, nothing really happens. When I was re-watching this, I literally was like, it's something I didn't, it was, but it had been a hot second since I'd seen it. So I remembered, like, the big stuff, especially, like, the ending. Mm-hmm. But when they got introduced, I was like, oh, okay. I don't fully remember them. And then I literally was doing the same shit where I was like, okay, how did they tie into the plot? I guess I'm just going to have to wait and find out again. And they didn't. And I was like, oh, that's why I don't remember why they're important, because they're not. Right. <laughs> um, 
But the only thing important to mention is at one point in the movie, um, there's a whole thing where they like spill coke in the back seat, and the one guy driving the car is like, pick it all up, every fucking gram of it, or what the fuck ever. And um, the one girl in the car, they're like, oh my god, like you have some coke on you, like, of course, in between her tits. And then they, like, move part of her shirt, and, like, you just see her one boob. And they have, like, a straight razor or whatever, um, Mm -hmm. and – or a razor blade more so. And they're, like, slowly scraping the coke off her nipple. And it's so – it's such a long sequence for no reason. Like, it's, like, okay, I think you got the coke. (laughs) Like, if I was her, I mean, I guess, like, some people are into, like, knife play and shit like that, and that's your business. That's your prerogative. Uh, but it gets to a certain point where I'd be like, okay, can you take the razor blade off my nipple? Like, you're, like, high on coke right now. I don't want you with a razor blade near my nipple. I just feel like that's a recipe for disaster. But out of everything in this movie, as we talked about, all the gore, the pus, all of it, whatever, the one part of this movie that was so heavily censored was that nipple sequence in which really nothing happens other than you really see a nipple. Right. It was so censored that um, that scene wasn't in any copy of, like, the film, really, anywhere until around, like, the year 2000. That scene, specifically. That's so weird. I mean, it's not that explicit. It's just, like, the top of her nipple. Um, But, you know, it also doesn't add anything, really, to the plot. So I don't really... No harm, no foul, but, like, it's a weird thing to be, like, uh, you can show all these people's, like, scalps getting ripped off, but her areola? No, ma'am. I mean, it's interesting because it's, like, as you're saying, like, I'm not personally, like, what the flip? Why did you take out the nipple scene? Because it's, like, (laughs) it doesn't serve the plot at all, and it's not even, like, it's, like, crazy wild or crazy funny or anything like that. But at the same time, it's, like, it just goes to show you how people, like, treat sex treat I mean this isn't it doesn't feel necessarily like female sexuality because I'm sure if it was like scraping coke off a dude's ball sack it'd be the same shit but, <laughs> I don't think anyone um, wants to watch that I feel like also ever even now you know um, that seems very precarious um I, I don't like to imagine that <laughs> he'd no. be less chill about it than she was about the razor blade on her nipple I'll tell yeah. you that um <clears throat> But yeah, it does just go to show like how like, oh my god, like sex and drugs? No way! <laughs> That's like gonna destroy this, our youth. And then, but then it's like, oh, but like literally people like getting their fucking scalp, as you said, like clawed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. Do it as many times as you want. Yeah. Which, once again, okay. <laughs> to each their I guess own. live your life. Oh, but... All right, now here's the last big part, which I'm the confusing to follow. So okay. I um I actually got this information from King Joe Bob Briggs because mm. he covered demons for the first ever um last drive-in that they did way years back. I say years; it wasn't that long ago, but before he got the show as a regular on Shutter. Anyway, so Demons was originally supposed to be part of a trilogy. Okay. Um, Italians love to which, do horror trilogies. Yes, which if you know, obviously there's demons, there's demons too. But if you look into it, like on Letterboxd or something, all it says is the only related movie to demons is demons too. So you would think, oh, there's just a sequel. And you would, in theory, be right, but also in theory, be wrong. Be very wrong. Um, so as it's supposed to be three, demons two, um, kind of same kind of deal as demons. And then demons three was supposed to be based, supposedly supposed to be based off um, this M.R. James story called The Church. Okay. So, uh... Once again, Lord help me with these names. Mikel 
mm-hmm. Suave, who actually plays the dude with the silver mask, half mask and demons, mm-hmm. that he has all the tickets, and also in demons, plays Jerry, the guy in the film that they're watching in the movie. Oh, that's fun. I who, didn't catch that. Yes. Um, he was set to do, direct the third one, um, but... He, by the time the third one came around, he, like, wanted to, like, move away from demons slash, like, didn't want it to be a demons movie. So kind of, like, hijacked this shit. So made this movie still based on the M.R. James story, The Church, but released it as The Church. So no association to okay. demons. But because it was originally supposed to be the third one, some people regard it as Demons 3. Um, now, next, um, Lamberto Bava makes another film. Mm-hmm called The Ogre, which actually was originally an Italian TV series that they recut to be a film um, and released it. Interesting. As a, to, to, to cut to be a film other places. But they then decided to, or I guess Lamberto Baba decided to release it as as a movie, as Demons 3, colon, The Ogre. And then <sighs> okay, <laughs> other countries, in certain other countries, Demons 3 is considered to be this film Black Demons by director Umberto Lenzi. So at this point, there's three different fucking possible Demons 3 films. The Church, Demons, the o- colon, the Ogre, um, or Black Demons. So so there are three films that like film bros probably argue over which is the completion of the series. Yes. Okay. I'm sure that if you watch them, probably none of them have fucking make any sense as right. the third film. But, you know, what what needs to nowadays. Very um, interesting. But then we don't even stop there. Oh, it's, we're not so done. Think, okay. Oh, there's just, oh. there's just three low-key five, I guess, because there's three third movies. No. Then, a movie called The Sect by Michelle Suave, who, if you remember, is the guy that directed The Church, the supposed, what was originally supposed to be the third one. Okay. Or, not Michelle, excuse me, Mikel Suave. Um... He then releases it as Demons 4 because now, because when you release The Church, when you release a horror movie called The Church, you're not going to do good box office, which he didn't. So then he's like, I want to hop back on this fucking Demons train. So he just makes his other movie The Sect and then releases it as Demons 4. Okay. Um, so, so there's that. Then, back to Lamberto Bava, uh-huh. he decides to remake his dad's film, very famous Black Sunday, uh-huh. but it's called The Devil's Veil. But then he chooses to release it as Demons Five. <laughs> then, <laughs> wait, then Luigi Cozy, Cozy, however the fuck you say it, excuse me, makes uh, the movie The Black Cat, starring Urbano Barberini, who plays our male lead, I believe his name is George, in Demons. Mm-hmm. So because he has a um, Urbano Barberini, and he's like, all these other goddamn Jamokes are doing it. He gets on the trend and releases this movie as Demon Six. I'm tired. Yeah, well, that's where that ends. <laughs> okay. But, um. Wow. You wouldn't be able to track this on, like, Letterboxd to be like, oh, let me right. watch it because they're not going to be connected there or whatever. Like, you literally have to, like, just, like, know this and then, I guess, piece it together yourself, which I'm sure at some point I'll decide to do this to see how, if oh, yeah. they even remotely relate, which so, I'm sure they absolutely have no relation at all. So there's technically six demon films, but there's really eight demon films because three of yes. them are claiming to be the third. Yes, ma'am. Wow. That's that's some good fun yes, ma'am, horror fact. I did not know any yes. of that. 
I mean, when I tell you that, like, Joe Bob was going through it and I had to, like, pause, he literally says in the fucking special, he's like, okay, take out your notebooks because I'm only going to say this once. And so I literally had to, like, pause it and run back. I was like, fuck, I'm trying to follow this shit. It's so complicated. Um, The last thing I have that I forgot Mm -hmm. um, is another just how convoluted this shit gets is the sequel was made so quickly after the first film was made. Mm -hmm. Like, so fast, in fact, that in Germany... The sequel came out before Before. the first film was approved to play. So in Germany specifically, I guess, Demons is actually Demons 2, and Demons 2 is actually Demons to them. That's that's so confusing. I know. Is it a continuation, (laughs) or is it just the same premise? I haven't seen Demons 2 yet. From my understanding, it's kind of like an Evil Dead 2 situation a little bit where it's okay. like the same shit. So you, they can be, you know, intermixed. And it, and I, I guess they also reused a bunch of actors from Demons, which is funny because the actors they reused were like people that died in right. Demons. Amazing. But they were like, fuck it. Who save cares? Money. Literally. Um, wow. But yeah, that concludes your little fun little background <gasps> on Demons. Oh my God. That w- I feel like I'm in college again in a really fun horror class. I would fucking love to teach a college course about horror. They were my favorite classes. I fucking loved any kind of class I got to take where we just like watched movies in general, but like horror movies specifically. So much fun. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, I suppose it's time we jump right in to this masterpiece of a movie. So something interesting that I noticed about Demons, Alex, that you might have noticed. There was two things specifically. So there might be other things for you. But it's so interesting to me because I could see where it seemed like Demons was pulling inspiration from other horror films. And in turn, where Demons inspired horror films to come. Um, Big inspiration that I think Demons sparked was Scream 2. I don't think there's any getting around it. Specifically the opening of Scream 2. Because... I mean, Opening Scream 2, I hope to God you've all seen it, um, is iconic because it's the whole um, Jada Pinkett Smith getting killed in the movie theater while they're watching a stab movie, um, which the whole first half of this movie is these people going to see this movie that's about something that they're going to live through. Mm -hmm. And then while that's happening, like the one girl who put on the demon's mask is turned into a demon, she ends up going after her sex worker friend and like the girl very much like Jada Pinkett Smith dies in front of the movie screen as everything's happening um so to me I was like that's like such a blatant like which I don't think is wild because obviously the Scream series is known for like blatantly and intentionally they want you to know like pulling inspiration from other horrors Mm -hmm. so i would not be shocked at all if someone who was involved with that was like oh absolutely we pulled it from demons um and it's it's something i love we'll get to this because we both worked in a movie theater but i just i love anything like movies about movies movies about movie theaters so fun but something i noticed that they that demons possibly pulled inspiration from because this came out in what 1985 yeah 1985 but the evil dead came out in 1981 is the trajectory of uh urbano barberini's george in this movie in that similar to ash and the evil dead 
is that it starts out and it's just like, he's just like the sweet, you know, whatever, plain guy, boyfriend figure. And then shit starts hitting the fan. And it's like, what do we do? Blah, blah. Kind of have the two girls, two boys situation going on. Um, and then in the end, he is our triumphant hero who's like doing badass shit, tearing up these demons. He literally gets on a goddamn motorcycle with a samurai sword at the end. It's it's beautiful. It's it's both camp and high art all at once. Um, but I thought that was really interesting because, once again, there's no nothing that I've seen that confirms this, but it does feel like it's such, like, an ash trajectory for him, especially because he ends up being the last man standing. Yeah. Like, I mean, there is no, like, like go on. I, I feel like... Absolutely, those are parallels, the characters. But, I mean, just even in general, just, like, the demonic possession and the way that it looks, I feel like, is somewhat similar Mm. to Evil Dead. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a lot gorier and, like, more disgusting than the Evil Dead is. But, you know, I feel like the eyes are somewhat similar. Yeah, that's a hot take, Mama. I mean, Evil Dead's really fucking gross, too. But, I don't know. This is just, like... This one had, like, pulsating necks that, like, exploded, like, green pus. And they, I feel like... Yeah, it had with, zit carnage. I feel like with Italian horror, they really like to linger on the on the effect for a long time. Yeah. Which makes it more impactful because I just want it to be over. I want it to not look at it anymore. Right. But they don't let you look away. So I feel like it is more, you know, powerful in that way. But... You know, just the way that the demons looked in general, I feel like definitely could have taken inspiration from it. I feel like they did a lot of the same reveals where, like, you know, you're seeing the back of someone's head and then they, like, twist around, like, real quick and they're just, like, suddenly a demon, which is, you know, very much Evil Dead. Um, Right. I I, I didn't really think about it when I was watching it because they have such different kind of, you know... I mean, the plots are very different, but I guess at the end of the day, you know, they're both about a demonic spirit possessing people who then are, like, fucking nuts and wild and just tearing people apart and you have your big right. hero at the end. And especially with Scream 2, like, I also didn't really think about that, but that's so true. And I think a big element of that just... Uh, and I feel like it happens in, like, any movie, like Final Girls or something, where, like, it's set in a theater. It's so... It works so yeah. well because when you're immersed in a movie-watching experience, especially in, like... They even reference Dolby, like sound in this movie like yeah it's so surround sound that like if you hear someone screaming you're gonna assume it's the film that you're watching and so when you have like a real right. life crisis happening at the same time it's really difficult to decipher what's real and what's not real because why would you expect that something real is happening which just makes it so much scarier because nobody is helping you and you're just kind of like helpless of like i am being killed why aren't you helping me why are you just watching this but how are they gonna know it's so scary. It adds, like, an extra level of fright. Because this movie's not scary. But I think that concept no. in general is scary. I mean, I think you're right, though. Like, being in a theater is so disorienting. I mean, we've all felt it when you, like, go into a movie and you, you're not on your phone. And, like, let's say it's a decent movie, good movie, you're committed to it. And when you get out again and you're, like, let's say middle of the day. And that, that sensation you have where you're, like, walking out of the theater, the lights have come back up, you're going back outside. It's, like, surreal. You're, like whoa what like so like because you just like you give into that you give into the darkness of the theater you give into just like i'm in this story you're not even with yourself 
if that makes sense in that moment. You're like, I'm just in the story. I'm watching. Right. Which is the best, that one of the best things about movie theaters. Um, but then, as you say, if you stop to think about it for a second, yeah. And, you know, if you want to go the darker turn, I mean, after, you know, events that have happened in the United States, it's hard mm. not to be in a movie theater and think, like, yeah, really, if somebody came in here right now, where the fuck are my exits? Um, but... I digress. That's a completely different topic. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's so much to be mined from a movie theater. Just because, as I said, like as people that have worked at a movie theater, as people that love going to the movies. I mean, I feel the same way about like. I mean, I used to work in like a pop culture like music store, so that's why I love shit like Empire Records, like mm-hmm. movies like that. That in theory like are not the best written films, but I don't give a fuck. Like. You can bait me all day and I'll take it. Um, but yeah, I think there's so much to be mined from stuff like that, which obviously then, like, Scream capitalized on, like, brilliantly. Like, what would you do at a movie premiere where, like, everyone's dressed up? Like, about this movie where someone stabs people and then, oh, and this girl's in front of the screen acting like she got stabbed. Oh, she's, like, really committing to this Rocky Horror bit. Like, yeah, yeah, die, bitch, die. Mm-hmm. And she's really dying. Yeah. Genius, but I can't get into the genius of Scream right now. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, but something, two other things I thought of um, is, once again, these might be, re- I think they pretty much are reaches, but it's just interesting to see just, like, how, I guess, ideas come back around again, even the strangest ones, where in this one, like, you're talking about the pulsating things in their neck, which to me just looked like fucking, like, big-ass pimple zits mm-hmm. that were, like, popping. Um Of course, I have to think of, um, personally, what I think is the best bit of zit carnage on screen ever, which is Slumber Party Massacre 2. I haven't seen Um, it yet. But I look forward to it. You haven't seen Oh, I forgot you haven't seen it yet. It's so good. I won't spoil. But there is some epic zit carnage in that that does take this. Gives it a run for its money, pretty much. Um, It's so tough because, like, I love a good zit pop. It's very satisfying, but in this context, it's so gnarly. I don't think I want it. It's gross. Ugh. It's nasty. Um, well, because usually, like, someone's full fucking face is like exploding. Yeah, it's not like oh, perfectly pushing out an ooze of pus. It's, it's like, like oh, this black head of your face, babe. Yeah, no. Yeah, um, but then also something I made note of, which they actually came out in the same year, is I felt as you were saying the Evil Dead. Like, their makeup for the demons in this looks similar, and I agree. Um, but it, it was almost like a hybrid of Evil Dead makeup. I also felt the makeup for the demons looked very similar to the vampires in Fright Night. Yeah, I can see that. Um, like, the uh, the eye color change. Um, like, kind of like the, the demon fang placement. Like, they just look very much like Evil Ed, um, which I love. I think Fright Night is... It's one of my favorite horror movies. I think it's one of the best practical effects movies I've ever seen. I think it's I've my favorite vampire um, movie. But yeah, just like really interesting how like, I'm to as we said, some of these very much so might have been inspired by or inspired demons. But some of them very much it could have just been coincidental. But it is interesting how like the same ideas within the genre come up on their own in movies. Um, well, I definitely think, I mean, with how many writers you said that they have working on this one film i feel like so many different kinds of inspiration could be pulled because you have six different perspectives and six different people who 
you know, love yeah. the genre and have seen different things and who want to bring elements from this and that. So I definitely think that even if it's just like an unconscious thing, it probably, you know, inspired it or influenced it in some kind of way. Yeah, I agree. Um, something else I made note of mm-hmm. is maybe it was just me, but I was like, I feel like everybody in this fucking movie like looked like somebody. Okay, the or guy like, who played George was straight Same. up Jensen Ackles. Yes, yes, I wrote the same thing. Yeah. Oh my god, thank fucking god, girl. Yeah. Motherfucking like, Jensen oh, Ackles Jensen up in Ackles here. Who? <laughs> yes, it's funny too because I said, um, I mean, Jensen, I love you, babe. But you didn't do yourself any favors in that My Bloody Valentine remake <sighs> that I have gone on record and said that I've seen like seven times and I will watch again, even though I don't like the movie. Um, but yeah, yes. he looked just like Jensen Ackles. He did. It was scary. Nuts. Yeah, and I said this one to Greg. Um, this is going to be such a deep cut for some people. It's like very niche, but okay. um, I don't know how many people who listen to us know anything about RuPaul's Drag Race or drag okay. queens in general, but one of my absolute mm-hmm. favorite queens uh, is Katya, and she has this yes. thing that she does. It's like she goes through phases, but her big thing right now has been getting in full drag and then putting that baby face filter on, and that is exactly what the fucking cokehead girl looked like to me the entire time. It was just... Katya in full fucking rock drag with a baby face filter with like the big lips and the, the tiny like just the really round features it killed me I couldn't mm-hmm. stop she's just like looked like a baby face I can face. see it I mean she's got Katya vibes with her look and yeah she did very much have a round baby face um but speaking of the coke punk mm-hmm. the dude driving the car mm-hmm. I was like okay this motherfucker literally looks like Jacob Elordi and Sylvester Stallone had a goddamn love child <laughs> so specific i swear to god y- y'all look up a picture or go watch the movie after i said that we'll have to post um some side by sides on our instagram side by sides no we will we'll post side by sides um and then the other one which i don't know if you would know who this is uh alex because mm-hmm. you're ancient wow go um, fuck yourself <laughs> but the best friend george's best friend can't remember his name he looked like um conan gray to me um okay i don't know who that is <laughs> Yeah, he's a singer. Um, he's very much just like the pretty e-boy type singer. I'm good. I'm looking um, him up. Although I'm pretty sure Conan Gray is gay. Um, okay, I can kind of see that. But yeah. Um, they have similar hair. So lots of like, Demons just feels like everything horror related, pop culture, media related in our lives just converging into one. Whether intended to or not. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I wanted to bring up, um, as I already said, us working in a movie theater. And I wanted to get your take Ooh. of like, I guess in general, it could be like for any movie, I guess, take this movie theater, but something like this, like, like if someone was, I guess like, what would it be like you working at this theater when this was going on? Like... How would you handle this situation? That's funny because that's similar to a question I was going to ask you later on. Uh, that oh, m- nice. Maybe I'll just <laughs> rework. Um, well, I mean, it's tough because if this had happened, like, at the theater we worked at and, like, I was the manager on duty that day, um, like, how would I handle it? Is that your question? I guess, yeah. Um, or just, like, I guess your experiences in theaters, like – or it doesn't necessarily need to be you working in a theater, but just, like, obviously working in a theater makes you know movie theaters better. But, like, I guess you could even be, like, if you were one of the people that went to this free screening, mm-hmm. like, 
do you think you're built different? Do you oh, think you absolutely. could have fucking handled it better? Absolutely. Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, no. It's not even because, like, I think that I'm, like, more capable than other people. It's just I have a familiarity with theaters because I worked in one. So I know all of the different, like, you know, rooms and shit that you would have. Even if it's not, like, my theater, like, I know what a theater has. So, like, I know what the booth looks like. I know that usually a booth will probably also lead to a roof because as a projection booth, you have to be high up so that you can project, you know, down into the auditorium. So usually you can find roof access or emergency exit access. I know that like where the storage rooms would probably be in terms of like a concession room, like a concession counter. I know where the offices would be and like break rooms. Like I feel like I would just have a better idea of the layout of a theater, even if I'd never been there before, because I know what kind of spaces they have to have to accommodate staff and like mm-hmm. storage things. So, like I feel like if somebody like fucking worked at a Home Depot and then a zombie attack came and they were in a Home Depot, they would have that like, you know, benefit of being like, I know where everything is. It's the same kind of situation where I feel like, yeah, you know, I would lead people to where I found would probably what I, I would think would be the safest location, but also it's difficult with comparing because in this situation, I don't think this movie theater in this film was an actual movie theater in the context of the film because no one had ever heard of the theater before. Yeah. It was a premiere. So it was essentially just a warehouse. So all of the emergency exits that I would know where to look for, they wouldn't exist, you know? And so I don't know if I would be able to like, I'm sure I would still be able to maneuver well, but because the demons are like fucking keeping the door shut and like there isn't really any exit that I could use my experience from, it would be difficult. But in like a real life situation, if it happened and it, I was just at like your fucking local regal, yeah, I'm going to kick some ass because I'm going to find the manager on duty. Yeah. I'm going to steal his fucking lanyard with his keys on it and I'm going to pop off. Absolutely. Goddamn. Ugh. Like... I don't know. I was the queen of the theater, if you ask me. <laughs> like, me and... I don't Chris- disagree. I don't disagree. Me and Christine, we ran that shit. The men, they were there. Um, but we ran As always. We As ran always. everything. I knew everything that was happening. I was always watching those cameras. And if that shit had gone down on my shift and my watch, ooh, they would have been in for it. Because I would have... I, I would have just... I probably would have hid in the office. But I also would have, <laughs> you know not died because that's my territory no 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 no. Mm. do you think working in a theater would give you the advantage because you didn't you i mean you worked at the theater for what like a year and a half a year yeah hmm. um <clears throat> it's it's difficult because it's, I, I don't know. Because as you're saying, like, end of the day, like, specifically this context of the film, like, it doesn't really matter because it, right. you can't get out because they're blocking the doors. It doesn't matter what you know about inside the theater. Um, unless, I guess, you know where your weapon storage is in the theater. Um, <laughs> I don't think most theaters have I don't know. I, I think, storage. <laughs> you know, the, the good ones do. Um, I think it would depend, honestly. It's just, like, if I was with you, as you're saying, um, I would, yeah, I'm making it out. <laughs> I'm staying with you the whole time. I feel that I, in this context, especially even within the real life context of us having worked at the theater, it's like I, as someone that always believes that they're the main character, I don't believe that I was the main character of that theater. I was the iconic 
comedic relief bestie. Like, yeah, I was the main character. You know, high maintenance, coming in with a fucking tail to spin every day, doing my job, but also like not really doing my job. Um, so, in the context of then, if we were flung into, oh my god, now there's demons running amok in the theater. Girl, you better get ready to laugh. I've got some, some my tight five ready to go about these demons. And while Alex is like, you know, samurai sorting these motherfuckers to the ground. Oh, you know what um, I'd do? I would find, I would find that manager. I would steal their lanyard. I would find the office. I would yeah, give, I would, I would have like a core group of people, like you and like maybe like two other people, give everyone fucking walkies. Say, clip this shit on you. Yes. Oh, yeah. We would be in for it. And then I would raid the concession stand. So that I could have energy. I would just, you know, shotgun some bunch yeah. of times. <laughs> Gotta get those Skittles for energy, Yeah, baby. make sure the nozzle is on my Sprite. Take a big swig. And, uh, yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. I'd, I'd probably take some, like, utensils from the Turbo Chef section. So that I had a weapon, like a pizza cutter. Some tongs, maybe. Yeah, I'd be ready. Dog, this is a brilliant idea. The way that we stay giving these hoes brilliant ideas. Oh, you know what you do? You fill up the like you remember that bin that we had that we would fill with soda water at the end of the night and put the nozzles in so that they would like get less sticky yes, and ma'am. clean fill that shit up with the hot water spout yeah. for the tea that shit is scalding <gasps> you carry that around with you, you don't See, i demons- know it i fucking burn my hand oh. bad on that shit everyone i think everybody that worked concession has at least one time like either from the nozzle itself or like putting the lid on the tea oh i have like fucked myself up but yeah i would take box cutters i would take fucking just yeah bunches of that scalding hot water oh my god let's make this movie i have some great ideas yeah we take you take the big bags bro you take the big bags of the popcorn seed yeah and like like your classic like spilling marbles on the floor you like spill it so you get the like scooby-doo oh demons are running in motion they're dripping you you spill the buttery topping everywhere that shit was so oily oh yeah yeah um wow you guys you're welcome I know I that you're begging that us to make this movie now. Take notes that if you're ever in a situation where demons take over a theater that you're at watching a movie, uh, you know, lo- look for the local box cutters, probably behind the concession stand. Um, you know. Yeah. You can find really anything. Pens, scissors. You can probably find some aspirin back there if you have a headache, if, you know, you get your hand cut mm-hmm. off. It's a first aid kit usually. Honestly, you're like... What we're saying is that if you get trapped in a movie theater to fight demons, you're kind of like in a best case scenario. Oh, thing. yeah. There's, You've got everything you need right there's there. There's so much unperishable food in that building because there's candy. And I, I mean, if it's like an AMC, they probably have like bagged popcorn. We fucking made our popcorn fresh every day. Um, but mm, you can't know, relate. You can absolutely physically survive stuck in a movie theater for a very long time because there's so much sustenance there. But there's also like. You can make weapons out of really anything. And then you can find a bunch of posters to take home on your way out. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but something I want to bring up that you brought up, mm-hmm. which I was going to make mention of, is, um, yeah, the movie theater in this movie, like, low-key, it's, like, a trap the whole time. Yeah. Which makes sense, because, like, why is this fucking creepy dude in a half-demon mask stalking girls in the subway to then give them free movie tickets right. to a movie that's like undisclosed um and then yeah when they get there the whole movie theater is honestly like the only decoration of the movie theater is like props from the movie um that they're about to see and they have the elderly couple 
that comes for their, like, I guess, date night. This is our um, anniversary. In which I think the wife makes a comment where she's like, did you know we had, like, a movie theater, like, here? Yeah. Um, like, so, like, they don't even recognize this movie theater. Um, mm-hmm. But then it's another interesting thing because the woman, um, beautiful redhead in a green dress who's mm-hmm. the ticket taker who just seems so like aloof and mysterious and like she knows more than you do from my recollection i'm just having watched it like there's no reason for that that because, is like, like then when shit hits the fan yeah. she's like with everybody else being like we gotta get out and then like turns into a demon like everybody else like so it's like what yeah i mean i can like i said this movie doesn't care about character development and you don't really need to know who anyone is because pretty much they're all gonna die but that is one thing that kind of like irritated me because she is essentially the only employee at the theater um she's you know she's the usher she's collecting the tickets so therefore you would think that she has some kind of inside information of like what's going on but then for her to get trapped with everybody else and it's also weird to me that nobody tries to talk to her and be like what's going on what do you know like you're the employee like the amount of times people come up to door and be like fucking yelling at the ticket taker for shit that was not their problem and yet in this situation nobody's like hey you're the one employee i've seen what's going on that's that's the one yeah what's unrealistic is that is that nobody is like I want my money back. My theater's too cold and a demon tried to rip my scalp off. (laughs) Ma'am, just go fucking use the bathroom. I don't give a fuck. But then at the same time, what is accurate a little bit is the fact that her working there, but having no fucking idea what the fuck is going on. Like, not that I didn't know what was going on at the theater, but, like, there's so much shit where, like, people, you have, like, the people that are, like, there's, like, normal questions to ask, right? And there's people that are, like, oh, you work at the movie theater, so you must know everything about every fucking, like, strip of film in this place. And it's just, like, no, I don't. No, I fucking don't. And, like, that's the vibe I get from her where she's just, like, I simply work here, and now there's demons. I I have nothing. She's, like, I interviewed this morning. I don't know any more than you do. No, literally, she deadass just got this job. Um, But, yeah, um... There, there, yeah, I wish we could, like, do a deep character analysis on anybody in this, but alas, there is nothing to analyze. Um, uh, truly, as we're saying, the things that are great about this film are the practical effects. Um, mm-hmm. I love the green ooze that comes out of their mouths as they turn into demons. Her name is listed on, <laughs> on Letterboxd's Greta Greta, but the girl that plays Rosemary, the, mm-hmm. um, who is the first person to be turned into a demon, she's a fucking legend. Because first of all, she's she's doing the best work of all the demons. <laughs> like, I think she looks the best. She's clearly having the most fun. And apparently, I'm pretty sure this is her only, I don't know if it's her only horror role, but it's the only one that anyone fucking knows anything about. <laughs> and based off of this one role in this movie, pretty much she has, like, speaking role, a speaking role at the beginning, but then after that, it's just her, like, rah, 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 the whole movie. She still goes to fucking horror um, Hell yeah. events. Good. Because of this. Which, honestly, yeah. And once again, I think I made no. This movie, chock full of great Halloween costumes. Oh, yes. I'm always absolutely. making no of, like, Halloween costumes to do. Bitch, you could do the fucking ticket taker with your red uh, hair. Yeah, a thousand percent. Just get a beautiful green dress, and then we get some we get some prosthetic makeup going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, we're serving you demons realness. Um, but yeah, there's just there's just so much fun carnage in this movie, and honestly, like not that there aren't good kills in the movie, but 
more so than the kills, it's the transformation scenes. Mm, yeah. Because really the kills are just like, you're, they're just killing a character so that we get a great transformation scene. Like, that's what you're sticking around for. Yeah, I mean, there is, I think some of the kills have like, some really good effects because it is them like getting their bodies torn apart in different ways yeah um that i really fuck with um but something i did want to bring up quickly that i don't really have too much to say about but i was curious your opinion this i thought originally i had seen this once before and then when i was going my rewatch i was under the mistaken impression that it was originally filmed in italian and then dubbed in english because a lot of italian horror films are that way but it uh-huh. still felt like it was dubbed, but you could tell that the actors were speaking English because the dub was matching their yeah. words, but it sounded weird. And I just, I would like to know your opinion on just, like, dubbing in general, because I feel like with, specifically with, like, Italian horror, the dubbing is something that most people either, like, absolutely fucking hate, they think it, like, takes them out of it, it's really, like, distracting, or it adds, like, an extra element of, like, you know, can't be fun. Because it, it, it does feel very, like, soap opera-ish. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did notice that. And I've, I've definitely noticed that in other films before. Where, like, I think it's pretty obvious when mm-hmm. it's, like, okay, the film was filmed and they're speaking Italian, Chinese, whatever. But then in America, it's released with an English dub. Which, if that's the case, I will just do my best to try to find the original and watch with subtitles. Yeah, I mean, I would always um, rather watch something in its original language, but I feel like specifically exactly. with Italian horror, they 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 often English dub. Yes. I have noticed that, and I but then I, I've noticed similarly that, like, then I'll be, like, watching their mouths, and I'm like, but it seems like they're saying the English word. It's yeah. just, like, they went back and dubbed everything afterward, which I'll be the first to say that I don't know a whole lot technically film wise when it comes to that aspect of it of like how necessary that ends up being um or if it's mm-hmm. just like a choice that they continue to make um but I do think I it kind of depends on the movie something like this where it is already just feels like so kind of batshit campy I do think it adds to the campiness of it um and makes yeah. it more fun if I'm tr- if I'm watching though you know something like you know a giallo that's supposed to be taken more seriously then I do yeah. find that it, it does it's never happened where I'm like I can't watch this or that's why I don't like this movie not at all but it does take me out more so in a film that like isn't intended to be campy or like outrageous or anything like that because I'm like you know not that this is like fucking Schindler's List but you know (laughs) I am supposed to take the events a little bit more seriously I mean demons I'll say it better than Schindler's List I'll fucking say it yeah I mean I don't know the the exact reasons for why they did English dubbing on top of what appeared to already be English. It could just be, you know, audio things. But I also know that sometimes with, like, Italian films or Spanish films, sometimes some actors will um, do their lines in English and others will do their lines in, like, Italian, whatever is, like, a language they're more comfortable Mm -hmm. with. And so, therefore, they maybe they have to dub the whole thing to make it seem cohesive. I'm not really sure, but I think it's really fascinating. Yeah, that would make sense. I think it's really interesting because it's – it, I feel personally that it's very specific to Italian horror a lot of the time. And it it, yeah. it gives it, like, an extra level of, like, it's just a different atmosphere for me. And I feel like, for the most part, I agree with you, it works usually. But if I'm supposed to be, like, really invested and, and like, connected and nervous and, oh, what's going to happen? Then, yeah, it can kind of feel a little silly at times. But I feel like it works mm-hmm. for this. 
It does. And I think some of the times, like, when you're you're watching, as we said, like, you know, just the batshit gore and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I don't, I st- I don't even notice because yeah. of the fact that it's, like, in general, even if it was the in-film audio, like, because you're not directly staring straight on the actor saying it because they're, like, running or blah, blah, blah I don't notice. It's right. more so in the scenes where it's, like, okay, it's, like, them regrouping and being, like, what are we going to do? And you, like, see their mouth moving and it's, like, just, a, like, a tiny bit off and you're, like... What's going on yeah. here? Um, but, yeah, I, I think it works for this film. I think it's, it, it adds to the fun of it. I, this is a film that I would love to see in a theater, uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, mm. I would love to see really everything I've ever seen in a theater, because that's superior viewing. But, specifically, I love to see horror in theaters, and I would love to see a horror movie based in a theater in a theater. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, while I'm watching it, have some poor woman come through the screen pretending like she's dying and being like, God damn, they really put on a show here. You know what I don't want, though, is a random man I don't know sitting directly next to me and saying, if you get scared, you can hold my hand. Okay, we gotta talk about this. Fucking leave me alone. I don't know you. We gotta talk about this. Ugh. We gotta talk about this. Um, so. <laughs> it's awful. I hated so, it. Okay, well, this is this an interesting conversation. So, obviously in this film, George's character and his Conan Gray-looking friend, um, they show up, they're, they're, double, they're on their little bromance date to the movies, as are two lead girls, um, God forgive me, what are their fucking names? Um, Cheryl and the... Hannah? No, not Hannah. No. That's the other girl. Cheryl, Cheryl and Kathy. And... Yeah. Cheryl and Kathy. Um... So, at the beginning when they're all in the lobby, we're kind of getting introduced to the quote-unquote main cast, which, like, they all have, doesn't matter because there's no, as we said, no character development and everyone's going to fucking die within, like, minutes of each other. Um, But we see these two girls and they're, like, fucking around with the soda machine trying to get shit out and these boys spot them. And I I felt, I teetered how I felt about this overall because when they spot them, it's kind of, like, immediately, I was like, ugh leave these fucking girls alone. Like, they didn't come to the fucking theater. They don't know you. Or whatever. So then, of course, you know, they're talking to them, and the one friend, uh, Kathy, who I thought was gorgeous. Um, I yeah. mean, no one in this movie is ugly. Um, <clears throat> but she kind of wants nothing to do with it. She's like, she gave me, but I will say about Kathy, is like, she's just being a goddamn wet towel the whole time a little bit, because since they show up to the outside of the theater, she's she just a wet like, towel? And she's yeah, wet towel. Isn't that wet blanket? It's the same thing, is it not? It's a cloth that's wet. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's funny. <laughs> Any fucking way. Um, yeah, wet towel. Um, anyways, but the whole time she's just like bitching at fucking Cheryl being like, is this going to be a horror movie? Blah, yeah. blah, this is a horror movie, like blah, blah. And I'm like, girl, I cannot relate. If I got a free-ass fucking ticket to something and didn't know what the fuck it was, I'd be saying, oh, I hope it's a horror movie. Also, if there's a but genre that I know that I'm like, I can't if it's this, why would you go? Yeah, like, yeah, and the thing is, like, I don't know anything. Like, if anything, I would be like, I'm not going because some creep in the fucking, like, subway handed it to me. And it's probably going to be, like, some weird, like, you know. Softcore porn. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, it's not going to be at the fucking AMC. It's going to be at this, some, like, fucking hole-in-the-wall theater. Yeah, it's in, actually like, just his apartment. New York City, where, yeah. like, I'm going to get stabbed midway through the film, which, you know, kind of happens with this anyway. But <clears throat> back to our original topic. So she's not having it. But then they end up sitting in the theater, like, next to them, the boys. And then 
what, what I will say is, like, so originally I was like, oh, leave these fucking girls alone. Like, leave them the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. What the fuck ever. But then I will say that, like, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like Cheryl specifically wasn't about it, if you know what I'm saying. Like, she could have easily, like, not sat next to them. It's not like they sat down boys sat down next to them, they moved, boys followed them, then I'd be like, y'all need to go. Right. You need to rot somewhere. Um, she kind of was like, mm, you know what, I'm at the theater, I'm acting up. I think she said she was like skipping class for this shit or some shit. Um, and this cute boy is all about my business. Um, I did think it was like low-key, a little fucking cute, when he was like, if you get scared, you can hold my hand. Because here's the thing. If I was with a boy, and in this context, I don't think if it was a stranger I'd be about it, just personally my prerogative but if I was like hanging out with a boy that I like thought was cute or what the fuck ever of course you know my gears are turning as they do and I'd be like how the fuck do I get this motherfucker to hold my hand how do I get this motherfucker to cuddle me because I'm a pussy as we've established many times in this podcast I am the horniest pussy you will ever fucking meet um (laughs) that's what I'm gonna put as my bio on everything that's gonna be on her Um, tombstone Instead of fucking Sammy Sweetheart, I'm the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet. It's going to be, I'm the horniest pussy you will ever meet. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Anyways, um, I would be like, okay, I need him to initiate. So him coming out from out of nowhere being like, listen, if you get scared, you can hold my hand. Done. I'm See, holding it right now. I'm the opposite. I would go, I'm, if you get scared, you can hold my hand, bitch. I'm not scared. <laughs> Queen. Do not talk down I'm to me. I'm not going to be scared. I mean, the thing is, like, yeah, there'd be part of me that's like, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna be fine, and I don't think I would yeah. get scared. It would be kind of like I talked about when I was talking about Saw with my like, needle pin yeah. moment, yeah. where I'd be like, oh my god, I'm so scared. Yeah. Can you hold my hand? Like, fully leaning into it. Like, girl, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then it's kind of, but it's just strange because it's like I feel like at certain points in the movie, I almost forget that like, oh, they just met them. Like, because they just immediately become these, like, boyfriend figures for yeah. these girls. They, like, and because shit's moving at, like, such a pace that then you're, like, y'all deadass just met tonight in a dark theater. Yeah. I mean, it works in the context of, like, 1985. Because, I mean, that's how people met. Yes. You would just, like, go to a bar and – hold on, there's an ambulance. I'm just going to keep talking. Um, Sorry, guys. There's an ambulance in the back. I live in the city. I don't care. Um, I feel like – that's how people just met. Like, wow, 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 wow. It's really, it's really bad. Um, like you just go to a bar and you just like meet people, or anyone could just like approach you, and that's how you like have meet cutes. And like today, I am very stranger danger personally. If I don't know you, I don't want you to talk to me. In like anyone, even if it's just like something friendly. Like I'd, if it's not necessary, I would rather you just leave me alone. So if I was ever like when I'm sitting in the theater, if someone even sits in like the same row as me, I'm like, what are you doing? Why there's so many no, seats? Yeah. Go especially in like that kind of situation where it's like I'm not gonna be talking to you. I'm watching the movie. Like I would, it just like makes me feel icky. But I also understand that like this is the '80s. You know, everyone is kind of like more chill about that kind of thing. I still think it's weird, but you know, they were they were fine One, with it. I do think that I'm giving him a little bit of leniency because as we said, he looks like motherfucking young Jensen Ackles. Yeah, he does. And I was always a Dean girl. Always a Dean girl. Um, I digress. Um, we talk about Jared so much. We have to give Jensen his moment to shine a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but I will say that similar to you, I mean, I'm, I'm playing it up in the context of this film, but like, yeah, IRL, 
one, if I'm alone somewhere, I don't care if you are fucking, like, Jensen Ackles. I don't want to be approached. Because even if I'm like, oh, he's really hot, the panic will just set in. Because I can't express, express enough, y'all. I'm a baby. I'm a pussy. I'm a panicker. I'm anxiety-ridden. Um, I It would just be like, fight or flight, immediately. Even if I'm like, I'm in love with you, and I've been pining after you, you approach me and I'm by myself, good night, I'm passing away. Like, um, so yeah, in general, I would not want to be approached. I was just telling a friend of the pod, Cornelia, um, the other day that when I was first in LA, not when I moved here now, but when I was here for a semester in college and I didn't know anybody yet and I was, didn't have a car. So I was doing public transit. And for some reason I was like, you know, I'm not going to try to like meet anybody, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to do shit on my own. And like decided one day I was going to go to the beach. So by myself, still trying to learn the fucking public transit of LA, was on the bus Went to the beach, was fine. Um, got to the beach, mind you, I've never, I've never, I don't even like going to the beach that much, to be quite honest with you. But went to the beach by myself, never done that. I've never like, done what that. what the fuck was I thinking? Go, middle of the day, whatever, I don't even know what fucking beach it was. But I lay on my towel, I'm like, okay, let me take off, like, my t-shirt and, like, put on, like, so I'm in my bathing suit and, like, put on this suntan lotion I brought. Tell me why I fucking, like, putting it on and this motherfucker in the water, in the ocean, sees me. It was the worst fucking thing ever. Sees me. Gets out of the water, walks right up to me, and then it's like, hey, like, and of course, as I said, the immediate, like, mind you, it's broad daylight. You don't have a shirt on, also. You're in your bathing suit. Titties were out. Um, Yeah, full chest. (laughs) And then he's like, um, he's like, ask me if I, like, need help putting on the suntan lotion. Oh, my God. here's Here's the difference. It wasn't, regardless inappropriate get the fuck away from me but it wasn't like a dude that like genuinely was like i want to be helpful but didn't realize he was being weird no it was a thousand percent like this dude got out of the water to talk to little old motherfucking me so of course i was like no like i'm good but of course like in panic because it's really easy i find personally that like when i think about these situations like if a motherfucker ever tried it Mm. i would put them in the grave but when in the moment when you have to think on your feet and you're not expecting someone to oh it's awful you fumble a little bit you're yeah. like, uh, uh, what? Mm-hmm. Like, because you're like, every thought in the world is going through your head, especially as a woman. And also, woman, like, am we, I gonna die? Am I gonna we die? are just programmed in general to not want to be rude to people. I'm programmed that way. So, like, yes, my, my instincts are like, you say no, you get out of the situation. But then there's that fucking part of me that, like, you know, has been instilled in me of be like, you don't know this person. You should be nice to them. You should always give people the benefit of the doubt. So it's like a constant battle yeah. in my head of being like, I don't want to be a dick to this person, but also get the fuck away from me. It's it's so hard. Absolutely. I feel the same exact way. Um, But then he's like, so after I'm like, no, I don't want the fucking suntan lotion help. Thanks. He like lingers mm. and he's like, oh, like, so like, what's your name? Blah, blah. No. And mind you, no. I was like rigid. I was like stiff as a board like so like panic like and it was visible like as you know this about me regardless of my emotion I cannot hide it I cannot hide it physically and my expressions as much as I want to for better or for worse like if I like you if I'm happy if I'm sad whatever can't hide it so it's very obvious that I was like so fucking uncomfortable so then he literally says something like I remember it was like he's like I'm getting like the vibe that like you like want me to leave and I was like because I I do I do want you did to you leave. say that Yes, Good. I was like, I literally, what am I supposed to, I'm not going to say no, and then this motherfucker's going to stay around right. and think I want to flirt. Like, I was like, I need you to leave. So then he's like, okay, and like left. Then literally, I sat there for another maybe 15 minutes, and I was like, I'm leaving. Yeah, see, so you ruined your fucking day. All the way bus to the beach, and then like left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so. Men like that don't deserve rights. 
Absolutely, babe. Absolutely. Um, but I will say in the context of this film, once again, like, let's say me and you went to the fucking Coolidge. We love that. We love her. Mm-hmm. Went to the Coolidge for, like, a fucking midnight horror screening. Mm-hmm. There were two boys. I mean, obviously you have Greg, so it wouldn't be, like, a double date situation. Let's say, okay. No, actually, I was going to say Greg <laughs> brings a friend, but then it would be a t- completely different context. But so... Whatever, two boys are there as well. One of them's hella motherfucking cuties feeling my vibes. And he approached. I would feel safer because I was with you. True. And I know then that if then he then tried to push things to a place where I was like, I'm not feeling you get away from me, I would have the backup. I would feel safe. But yeah, so in general, because some men need to hear it, just like rule of thumb, like just don't approach women alone. If you don't They're like, them. but then how am I supposed to, to meet someone? Ooh. Chances are, buddy, she doesn't want to talk to you ever in I think, any context. I think, the dif- I think the line here is that, like, approaching somebody that you don't know is always, like, kind of iffy. But I feel like where it gets problematic is when it's moments like what you just described at the beach where, like, you're visibly showing that, like, you are physically uncomfortable and, like, don't know what to do and don't want this situation to be happening. And it's so often that they, like, they can tell, but they continue anyway. They don't care. And that's where the problem is. Because if someone approached me and I was clearly uncomfortable and then they were like, I'm sorry, I can tell that I'm making you uncomfortable. I'm going to leave. Then I'm not, then I'm like, okay, I feel better about it. But it's, it's that like, yeah. it's that like persistence that is the issue. So if you want to approach a woman, you know, I guess that's your choice. But if she says like, no, or she's not trying to talk to you, take, you know, take the hint, walk away. That yeah, I think that's a really good rule of thumb because at the end of the day, like sometimes you're not even approaching for anything romantic or sexual. No. You are approaching to like I don't know, whatever. I think it's good to know though, like as a man, if what goes through a woman's mind mm-hmm. and it's completely natural and it's completely normal for them to because I've had instances, I've had in one of the past, which is a whole story I'm not gonna get into, in which I was in a situation, this guy and it was a guy I knew and had been hanging out with. Like we had a hangout with a group of friends. So it was nothing even crazy. But all of a sudden, he wasn't doing anything wrong. But his actions all of a sudden, like, and I didn't express this or whatever, just, like, made me uncomfortable. And I kind of shut down. And I know if I had told him, like, hey, can you, like, like not do that or whatever? Immediately, he would have been apologetic. He mm-hmm. would have been, like, he would have stopped. But then I kind of, like, freaked. And, like, then from there, like, made a trajectory of bad decisions that I regret. But anyway. <laughs> Great. Um... But yeah, I think then it's one of those things where it's like, if you're, like, first of all, don't approach a woman already. Like, if the first initial approach is, like, you being, like, catcalling, being no. inappropriate already, yeah. But if you're approaching and just, like, yeah, maybe I, I like this girl. I think she's cute. I want to talk to her. Or, like, I mm-hmm. what the fuck ever. I don't think there's anything overtly wrong with that. But if it's clear from her body language, you have something to say. I have a, I have a really great example of what you're saying. Because. Yes, okay. It's very, very short, I promise, because I know we gotten long on this conversation we're fine we're fine but um it's a great example because i one time years ago now i had gone to the gym and then i went to cvs and i was in line and this guy who was around my age who i never met before started talking to me he was like oh did you just come from the gym and i was like oh yeah and like he asked me what gym it was and like what he was just like asking me about the gym like oh like what's the monthly thing like what kind of things do they have and so he was nice he was like oh i go to harvard and we were just like talking and having like a nice conversation it was fine and then he went up to a register, he paid, he said bye, he left, and then I paid. And I was like, wow, a nice interaction with a man that I don't know who didn't want anything. And then when I left that CVS, he was waiting outside the CVS for me and 
asked me for my phone number and would not let me get in my car until I gave him my phone number. So that's where you don't do Good it. Good Christ. You have to like, no, like you could have a nice conversation with me. That's fine. You do not need to like bring it to that level. Like don't wait for me outside. And it exactly. was so sketchy. In that context, it's just like, you have a nice conversation. You're like, oh, great. And I don't want anything from him. Now, maybe he got, he was like, oh, that was a great conversation. And she's so pretty because obviously you fucking are. And then he's like, I would like to know her. So now, okay, he waits outside. A little, mm, like, scary. Like, yeah. once again, bud, just, like, kind of, like, either ask me when we're already inside. Exactly. Or, like, kind of take, take the L. So already that's just, like, a poor decision. But then it's, like, if you're, like, oh, you know, no, like. I'm okay, like, I don't want to for whatever. You don't have to even give a reason. But, yeah. like, then at that point, that's when he needs to be like, okay, maybe I fucked up. Or, like, okay, I tried it. It's a no. And move on. When you're then pressing it, chief, you are in the wrong. Like, yeah. now you're being what every what I picture essentially every man is until proven otherwise, which is, you know, creepy and disgusting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, all of this to bring it back to in the context of the film, sitting next to these girls – it's it's very murky territory. I mean, mm-hmm. end of the day, once again, it doesn't end up fucking mattering because they never hook up with any of them because shit hits the fucking fan yeah. too soon and then it's just like a fight for our lives against these demons in this theater as each one of us slowly gets turned. Um, but yeah, I think in the context of, for men, it, I mean, girls, you're never in the wrong. I'm going to say it right here, right now. <laughs> you can treat men as bad as you want and I won't say a damn thing about it. But boys... Approaching women, if you don't know what's appropriate to do, don't do it at all. Yeah. Don't even fucking take the risk. It's not worth it. Yeah. When you have shit like Tinder and all that shit to meet girls nowadays, like, it's just honestly stick to that. Um, and if you are going to do it, be be aware of that most women are uncomfortable around men that they don't know because there's many reasons to be Mm -hmm. and just you know if she gives you a sign or says or anything inclination that she's not comfortable dip do the right thing and get the fuck away um and that's your your daily lesson from the girls who cried i was just gonna say that has been a psa from the girls who cried (laughs) wow oh i love a good tangent all right Um, i think that we this is a great opportunity for us to transition to the funnest Best part of our show, our cue and slay. <laughs> so this um, this time around, we have decided, I know we didn't do it last time, which was technically the first episode, but whatever, I thought of it too late, um, for season two of the cue and slay, just to keep things, you know, a little bit more fresh, a little bit less, you know, I don't want you to know every step uh, of the way. I see. Yeah. We have decided to keep three of our original questions that we usually ask. But instead of having the other two questions, every month, each of us is going to come up with a unique question based on the film that the other does not know about ahead of time. So I'm putting you on the spot. You're putting me on the spot. And uh, that way, you know, it can be unique to each specific episode. Um, Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited too. So I guess let's start with the questions that we all know and love. Um, so do you want to go first or should I go first? Um, you should go first because you wanted me to ask my bonus yeah, question okay. first. All right, Miss Thing. In this movie, what's your favorite kill? Okay, so as I was going... Well, I will say favorite kill slash transformation since there are sure. a lot of those as well. There are. Or it can be hand in hand, doesn't matter. There's so many options in this film because like we've said a million times now, this movie is just like purely for the kills, for the effects, for the 
the gore. Um, so there's a lot to work with. I will say that my favorite, um, it's not necessarily, you know, my favorite effect because I don't really even think there is like an effect technically, but my favorite sequence is when this adorable, sweet young couple who have been like kissing the whole time and they're obsessed with each other go through a vent to try to escape. And he's in front of her and as they're going, he's like, oh my gosh, I can hear nails on the on the metal behind us. We have to move quicker. We have to move quicker. And then when they get to a fork, he's like being the gentleman. He's like, you can go first because like it's behind us. Like I don't want it to get us. And so she's now in front of him and he's like, oh my God, it's in front of us now. Like, I don't know what to do. And then she turns and she has transformed. And the whole time it has been her clinking her little nails as they go and she attacks him and kills him. And I just think that's so fucking clever because the whole time you think, that like they're being chased by something when in reality it was just her the whole time and she was just slowly transforming and she got him. I love it. I love that. It was I so love good. It. it was such a good twist. And of course you get like, you know, getting trapped in a tight space. Oh, I hate well. it. Like yeah. also adds to the horror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fun fact for you, that girl mm-hmm. that plays the adorable curly redhead girlfriend is mm-hmm. Dario Argento's daughter. Oh, I love that. I didn't know that. But apparently she was miserable filming this film. Oh. So Great. You know, you, cool. you win some, you lose some. Um, I would say mine. Oh, there really are so many good so ones. Many. I mean, you have the iconic, like, first transformation in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. Because um, that's the first time you get, like, the fangs and the eyes and the green slime and the pus explosion. Um, and then mm-hmm. kind of even, even in the initial carnage, as people in the theater realize what's happening, like the scalping, like literally just grabs someone by her yeah. hair and just like rips her fucking scalp off. I will say yeah. though, my favorite, which is more of a transformation than it is an outright death scene, is kind of later on in the film, we're with our final four trio, two boys, two girls that were, you know, now suddenly are couples sort of. And it's Kathy, I believe, not mm-hmm. Cheryl. Yep. Kathy, um, essentially she has a classic, like, Evil Dead moment where her back is turned, and they're all like, Kathy, blah, blah, And she turns around to them, and she has, she just looks stunning. I, I find something about me is that, like, I love people when they get into, like, monster makeup. Like, we, my roommates, um, Roberto and Abby, have been watching Buffy. I've never seen it before. And I, like, think that, like, Spike is, like, hotter when he, like, has the vampire makeup on and shit like that. I don't know what the fuck it is. I mean, I think it stems back to my love of the Lost Boys. Yeah, um, definitely. But, like, even in, like, I remember in Supernatural when those motherfuckers would, like, put in, like, like the, did you ever have this when they would have, like, the all-black demon eyes? I'd be like, why is this really hot? Yeah. Um, so, in this one, when they had, like, the glowing, like, red-gold eyes, I'm like, sexy. It's sexy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... She starts to transform, but then amidst this transformation, she's, like, falling on the floor or whatever, and then all of a sudden, her fucking, like, back cracks open. Mm-hmm. This has happened to nobody else. Like, everyone else has just become the demon. And this, like, goblin-esque demon climbs out of her fucking back, and it's just, like, they were like, you know what? We've already done all this other shit. we got to keep amping it up as the movie goes. Which they do, because then a fucking helicopter, for some reason, falls through the fucking movie theater. Um, but they're like, how do we keep amping it up? Okay, this woman, a goblin, will come out of her fucking back. And I was just like, yes. No, absolutely. Because not only did I get the iconic, like, transformation that we've been seeing with all the other people, but then mm-hmm. they took it to the next level, and they were like, goblins. Demon goblins. Yeah. 
And there's a few I things I like about that. Yeah, there's a few things I like about her sequence because even before that happens, like you see her slowly transforming in a way that like you haven't really seen other people where like she's starting to sweat and like you can see that like she's physically like ill and you can see like the veins like the red veins starting to like come up on her face and then she has this moment of like in a demonic voice asking i forget what she asked but something like like where am i or something in like a voice that's not her voice and it's really jarring and then what i love about the the goblin demon is that yeah, the the birth of it from her back is just like really really well done. But then it's he's so cute and all he does is he scratches the guy and then he just runs away really quick and then you never see him again. He's just gone. I love it. It's so stupid. I love it. It's oh, so dumb. I love it. But him. it's so awesome at the same time. Oh, amazing. Oh. Okay. Moving on. What is your favorite line from this movie? Favorite line. Okay. Let me see what I wrote down here for this one. Um Well, okay, I have two. Okay. One was um, after the blind man is attacked, um, which, does he ever turn into a demon? He does, because he's the one that escapes and infects everybody in the real world. Oh, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. He's the one that goes to the cop car, right? Yeah. Yes, okay. Because Um, it doesn't make sense, because he, like, sees the cop's gun and, like, grabs it, and I'm like, you're blind. He's not only blind, he had, like, the demon that attacked him, like, shoved its fingers in his eyes. Yeah. It's, it doesn't um, make any regardless. sense. Regardless. I guess when you're a demon, everything Who changes. cares? <laughs> um, right. But the, at one point after he's been attacked and they're kind of, like, running around, he turns to them. Because they're all like, oh, it's like the movie that's playing. The movie is making everyone turn into a demon, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then he turns to them and he's like, it's not the movie. It's the theater. Which I just feel like is, like, an iconic line because I think in general with movies, it's, like, not to be, like, ugh, really digging deep on this one. But, like, in general, like, it is the theater. Because at the end of the day, like, as we said, I'll fucking go see anything. It's true. At the movies. When, when fucking COVID hit and shit shut down, I wasn't, like, I mean, yes, there were specific movies that I was, like, oh, they're going to be delayed and I'm not going to see them. But it was more so I was, like, I don't miss movies because I have movies. Yeah. I miss the theater. You could put anything on that fucking screen. Go ahead and put fucking My Bloody Valentine's 3D on that screen, and I'll fucking go see it again. Like, because it is. It's the theater. That's what it's all about. It's about the theater. And the it's the experience, yeah. The movie. I know that's not what, not what the blind man was saying with that, but it's what I took from it. Yeah, absolutely. But then, um, my other line was from the movie within a movie I that think that's my watching. line, which is the only line oh, I have. Wait. Okay, I won't say it then. I'll bring. I'll say it if it's not your line. Okay. Um, but so I'll I'll stick with my movie. Okay. You can still line. give me your thoughts on it. I just it's the only line I have, because no, no, go for it. because it's not really a script that I think is like an impressive script. I kept trying to like, I watched it with subtitles because I wanted to catch any good lines, especially because the Coke people. I thought they were gonna have something fun and they didn't. But I will say that yeah. the subtitles when you're watching it, there were like multiple times where someone like got stabbed or something, and it would just say fleshy thud fleshy stab and i was like ew i hate that fleshy fleshy um but the um the quote i have is from the film which is they will make cemeteries their cathedrals and the cities will be your tombs and i was just like that's a perfect tagline that is like so poetic that is the tagline of the movie is it okay good it's spooky it's poetic i mean i don't like 
religious things so I wouldn't make it my cathedral but like I, I feel like it's very impactful in that way of like you know you, what your death is like what they worship and like love and is like spiritual to them I think yeah. it's so it's like it's definitely the best line in the film in my opinion it's an awesome it's, it's an awesome like pairing of lines it's it it's funny that it's in this movie because yeah. it's like they're in a movie theater and it doesn't ever really become that like so if it was in more of like maybe like a zombie movie in which a huge part of it took place in like a graveyard that'd be really yeah. fun but at the same um, time but- if they at the end you are given the implication that it has expanded to the outside world and now the cities are your tomb. that's true it's just you know it, it's, a, it's a payoff at the end um that was not my line that I was oh it say. wasn't okay um no. So the one is, it's just so dumb, is the characters in the movie, after, like, in the movie, they've, like, found this, like, crypt or whatever with mm-hmm. the mask in it, and there's, like, some sort of text that one of them knows how to read, even though it's in a different language. Oh. And, um, and so the one guy, the one dude is, like, fucking around with the mask, and he, like, puts it on, and the one guy's like, don't do that. And he's like, why? And the line is, the guy goes, whoever wears it becomes a demon. And then the guy goes, how do you know that? And he goes, it says whoever wears it becomes a demon. And it's just, like, so fucking matter-of-fact because it's, like, as we said, the movie, dialogue-wise, isn't, like, oh, my God, this, like, tour de force. Like, it is about the graphic effects and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So then you have the movie within the movie, which definitely less thought went into. Yeah. So it's just, like, the most, like, fucking stale, other than the line that you said, which is, like, debatably the best line of the whole movie. It's the goddamn tagline. Um, but, yeah, I just was, like, I was dying. I was, like... No, right. No, I got it. That did that also reminds me of another line he says that like cracked me the fuck up. It was I think probably right before that when they find the book and he says something along the lines of like, Oh, I can't read it. It's in Latin. Oh wait, yes I can. And I'm like, What do you mean? Can you suddenly <laughs> read Latin? He was like, Oh, I can't read this, it's in Latin. Literally Oh, I read Latin. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Listen, we've all been there where you're like, wait, actually <laughs> no, I do know how to do that. <laughs> oh yeah, actually I speak that language fluently. It's fine. <laughs> How did I forget? Oh, so funny. Oh, is this in Japanese? I don't do Japanese. Wait. Wait, actually, I... I no, yeah, no. Japanese is the language I know. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I'm so stupid. I'm so I'm stupid. always forgetting that. I'm always forgetting that. <laughs> um, <sighs> amazing. Um, and then our third question, mm-hmm. which is, if you were going to have a motherfucking partner in this movie, whatever you want to interpret that as, who would it be and why? You know, you know that my ass wants to say the demon that came out of her back, but I will not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just like, he's so cute. I would totally run around and wreak havoc with him. Um, but I don't know why. I feel, like, I feel like out of everybody, I would probably gravitate towards Nina, who is the Katya-looking coke fiend with the spiky hair, just because, like, she's yeah. badass. You know, she has some drugs. She wants to party. You know, I don't want to do coke, but, like, I respect her for wanting to do it and have fun. And, you know, I feel like I would just, like, I feel like she has good vibes. I would, like, have a good time with her. But also, I feel like if it push came to shove, I would run faster and jump higher than her. Mm. Mm-hmm. Smart. I pick Smart her. thinking. I like her. I just like her. I like how childish her face is. It's very, she has a very young face. Yeah, it is very baby round. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like... You know you're going with Jensen Ackles. Come on. I, I fucking know. You know I it. know. Everyone knows the it. The way that I stay being predictable. Listen, yeah. I go with him because he's hot, first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, he is. But I, I think also because, as I said, like, 
I would fall for the trap of like, if he gets scared, you hold my hand. Yeah. Dunzo. So he's already my movie theater boyfriend. And what I will say is, unlike Cheryl, here's the thing. Cheryl's set up, obviously, to be your final girl because she's who we start with. Mm-hmm. And most horror movies, you expect a final girl. And, you know, she is Mrs. Innocent, kind of gives you that pure vibe, sweet. Yeah. What Cheryl lacks is the resilience. Whole time, Cheryl is bitching and fucking crying. And, like, she doesn't fucking step into the goddamn plate. Whereas, listen, would I fucking scream and cry whatever? I'm sure I would. I'm sure I would. But I'm resilient, and I would be a better fucking partner for George. We would make it out alive. I wouldn't turn into a demon at the very end credits, like Cheryl does. And we would fucking ride off into the night on the back of those fucking families' Jeep or whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. it was. So, yeah, I am built different than Cheryl. (laughs) And I would live to see another day with my goddamn Jensen Ackles boyfriend. And you know what? If you guys are sitting there rolling your eyes thinking, Anya, literally every fucking time I know exactly who you're going to pick, stay pressed because it's going to stay that way. It's okay because I always pick the last person you would think. (laughs) I know. So, you know, we keep you – you want some predictability. Mm -hmm. You want some, you know, on your toes thinking. Yeah, give you everything. All right. Now we get into the fun part where I have no fucking idea what Alex is going to ask me and she has no idea what I'm going to ask her. So let's commence. All right. Well, I will say I'm going to be more impressive with my questioning in the future than I am in this moment because we kind of already talked about what my, my question is. My question is going to be real dumb. I'm just going to tell you right now. Okay. Well, my question is kind of already what we talked about, so I'm going to adjust it a little bit and say that if you okay. were in this film, if you were in this situation, having theater experience, yes. would you yeah. – opt to stay with the group in that theater barricaded like they did or would you be somewhere on your own or with one person trying to find your own exit like what would your strategy be in that situation interesting because of course when you say this with theater experience i imagine it happening at the kendall where we work right um but then this theater is wild because the shit is huge and it's got like it's like got under there's a basement element to it there's like three or four fucking stories to this goddamn theater so it is difficult because i don't know in this theater specifically the film theater in this theater specifically fuck this is hard um power numbers Damn. or on your own i mean i definitely wouldn't go solo solo yeah. like if i was on my own it would be with like a smaller group and i think once again it comes back to depending on i guess who i'm stuck with like if i don't know a soul there and i went to see a movie by myself which is very typical for me i might choose to stay with the group for a period of time to be like okay i'm not gonna go by myself i'm not trying to get myself sliced and diced um but then, I, then from there, I'd kind of be, like, scanning. I'd kind of be – I find in general, especially even in not life-threatening situations, when I'm introduced to a new group of people, I'm one of those people where it's, like, when you meet me at first, I'm, like, very – not timid, but, like, I'm quiet, I'm reserved. And then when I suss out, like, who can I fucking trust? Who's a real one? Who's fun? Then the true colors come out, and I'm, like, now I'm going to make true colors to everyone because I've already decided I don't give a fuck if you don't like me. And I know that the people that I do like will like me for this. So I think – I'm pretty good at that, so I think I would stay with the group and then kind of suss out, okay, who the fuck knows what's going on? Or, like, who the fuck has a good head on their shoulders? And then within the larger group, kind of, like, veer off with those people. And then if they were like, listen, this is going to get us fucking killed. We need to go out and do this. And then I'd be like, for sure, is he sure? So I think initially, unless and the context being, like, if me and you are, like, me and a group of friends were at a theater, unless my friends were acting real motherfucking stupid and asking to get killed, I would stay with them and kind of, like, 
concoct a plan with them, whether that be staying with the larger group or going wherever. Not to say that I'm not a natural born leader because baby, I am. I'm just telling you that I'm on my own and I don't know a soul. I'm not stepping up. I'm not doing the survivor, you know, essentially like death wish of being like, oh, I'm going to take the lead. Then you're going to get voted off the island, babe. Um, so yeah, kind of like biding my time as much as I can and hoping that it's the right decision. Would you stay with the group or would you go on your own? Yeah, I think I would probably do very similarly to what you said. Just because like, you know, we've watched enough horror. You do not separate from the yeah. pack. You don't. You just... You don't say I'll be right back, girl. No, the second they're like, oh, we should just split up because it'll save time. No, what's wrong with you? Why would you do that? So I would definitely right. stay with the majority of people, but I would be very aware of my surroundings and I would probably mm. find the closest weapon I could find. And I would probably stay near an exit so that if something did go down, like when they remove the barricades, I would be the first one fucking out of there and on my own. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I come first. Yeah. Yeah. It's about me and myself and I, girl, when yeah. it comes down to it. All right. Oh, all right. My question, not as intelligent at all, uh, but it's something that I noticed and I was like, I think I'll ask this question. In this movie, at the beginning when everyone's in the theater, lights are down, movie begins, there is a lot of macking going on in this theater. There's a lot of making <laughs> out. Even like, okay, the I, at first I thought it was like just his like assistant or whatever, but then he was saying with like his daughter. Yeah. The blind man comes with his daughter because he needs her to tell him what's happening on the screen because he can only hear it. Um, and then like her boyfriend shows up and he can't see him, and then they like sneak off and start like fucking going at it. Yeah. But so my thing in general is something I thought not I think about often, but like something I when it's portrayed in media, I'm like, is that? I guess my question for you is: Are you pro? we're going to movie theater and we're going to hook up, which low-key, this thing, I know your business. Um, but, <laughs> or are you like, never, I'm here to watch the movie, motherfucker. <laughs> this is so, uh, this is a tough question because, because I have, um, I will give you on air the, the, um, I will give you the, very basic information and then off air i will tell you some more information um as a rule of thumb i'm not going to a movie to hook up because i am going to a movie to see a movie you know if a situation were to present itself where i'm the only person in a theater with my partner and the movie sucks sure um i have done things in a theater um my favorite thing about this question is knowing that i was gonna put you on blast i have done things in the theater with another person um when we were the only people in the theater i have done something with him when we were not the only people in the theater um nice nice you know and i, I didn't get caught and it's fun but oh but you know at the same time like i'm not going there for that because right you know, i live with my fiance we have a home I don't need to go to AMC, but you know, sometimes a movie's bad, you're bored, something might happen. Um, so I'm not against it. I don't want to see anyone else do it. If you're going to do it, you need to be discreet about it. Um, yeah. But you know, and there's also levels of like what you're going to do. Like I'll, I'll give some kisses. That's fine. I don't mind that. Um, but you know, I'm not going to make out the whole time and miss the movie. I'm not going to do that. That's silly. Then why am I wasting my time and money? 
Yeah, but why did I spend fifteen dollars on give, a ticket for this? I'll give you more specifics later. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Sorry, everybody. I'm you don't sure get I to know. know some of them already. Greg but... is editing this like, oh my god. <laughs> Greg is like fucking cringing. <laughs> uh, what about you? What do you think? You like uh, it? Well, here's. Well, I'm going on record as a goody little girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm a- slut like Alex. Yeah, whatever. I am what I am. <laughs> um, I've never done anything in a movie theater um, because I've never been on a date to a movie theater. Um, I have been to a movie, honestly, with several different men where it's just us, but it's always been, at least from my point of view, as friends, yeah. completely, and nothing's ever happened. Um, and I don't know. I Part of me is like, no, I wouldn't. Not even because like I'm like, that's immoral or anything like that but more so it's just because one i would be petrified the whole time unless we were completely on a theater that we would someone would see us yeah and i'd be embarrassed um and more so it's just like i paid money to be here yeah if you guys wanted to hook up or if we just want to hook up we could have stayed home and done it for free i think for some people it's like the thrill of doing it in public i know that's great for some people and you know what teach their own once again um yeah but once again, also, I'm just, like, I'm saying this without ever, like, being with someone that I'm, like, really in love with or really attracted to or whatever, mm-hmm. where it's, like, then, yeah, maybe if I was in that situation, which I haven't experienced, and it arose, I'd be, like, yeah, fuck it, we're gonna do this. Um, yeah. But in the limited knowledge I have now of those situations, I would say no, unless you're gonna reimburse me my goddamn ticket money. Fair. I will say, also, that working at a theater... You don't necessarily have to be in an auditorium. There's a lot of rooms in a movie theater. When you have I the know, keys. ma'am. I know you know that, ma'am. Oh yeah. Um, that was my my little loaded question for you. Amazing. It's like when you play Thank Never you. Have I Ever, and you purposely are like, "Never have I ever done this one thing I know that you've done." Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <sighs> well, <laughs> do you want to give your uh, your final rating on demons? Mm, my final rating. Um, so. As I've previously stated, I fucks heavily with this movie. Um, so, on our rating list from Busty Blonde to Final Girl, I'm giving this a big old solid boy next door, four out of five stars. I, I just think it's so fun. I think watching it alone, watching it with a group, you're going to have a good time if you like horror. I mean, if you're going in for, like, highbrow cinema, I, I don't know why this was what you picked. Um... But I really do think it's a really good time. I mean, yeah, easily, easily, boy next door. I think it's one of my. High, I think there's only one other movie on here that I rated that high. I don't remember what the fuck it was. Yeah, I feel like usually okay, we're more like know. two and a half fish area. Um, yeah, yeah. I also, I know, but yeah, boy next door. I give it the same rating, four stars. I think, you know, a lot of the practical effects are kind of unparalleled. They're very creative and unique and disgusting and. They're the kind of effects that make me really want to look away, especially because of how long they linger on it. But because it refuses to cut, it makes me more intrigued and I just like want to keep watching it. So yeah, I mean, definitely not going into it for the story or for the characters or for any kind of like, you know, basic like one, two, three plot. I'm going in for the savageness of it i'm going in for the practical effects and the blood and this just campiness of all of it and it's really fun i th- i like i i feel like if you watch this movie and you have a bad time i'm concerned yeah it's like if you're having a bad time it's because you're it's your fault 
I'll say it. It's your yeah. fault. You're not in You're the not right letting love in. You need to just, like, put it back on in a different headspace. Yeah. Like, if you don't – if you're not looking to have fun, then this was not the movie for you. Um, but, yeah. So, solid high recommendation from the Girls Who Cried Me Horror. And that wraps up our episode about uh, 1985's Italian Horror Demons. Um, you can definitely expect us, I'm sure, in the future to cover at least the canon sequel – demons too at some point i'm sure um and yeah i think that's it i mean i hope you guys enjoyed our um previous episode that came out uh right before this our mini so with roberto on spiral um i'm sure we have more mini sets to come because uh as me and Alex were discussing the other day there's a lot of stuff that's coming out soon hell yeah that we may or may not be covering for mini-sodes, um, so look out for that. I mean, the closer you get to Halloween, it's just, like, the more shit's gonna come out. Honestly, summer and Halloween. Because, like, summer, you get, like, a lot of, like, big releases. Yeah. Um, honestly, especially for horror, strangely enough. I don't know why that is, but I'm not mm-hmm. sad about it. And then, obviously, October, Halloween time, horror movies come out in the theaters, horror movies come out on streaming, all of it, and we're raring to go, baby. Um, so... Look out for all that. And as always, creeps, keep it creepy. Yay. Bye. The girls who cried be horror.